because we carry stressors and fears. And a lot of these fears are based on thoughts that we believe are true. The thought might be that I'm not good enough, I'm not loved, you know, and what might be covering that up is that my father doesn't respect me or my mother doesn't care for me. But underneath, there's these different layers of these fears that we all carry. And so when you start to get into psychedelics or breath work or even um, this endonasal treatment that I do, you start to have a down regulation of something called the default mode network. There can be a fundamental shift in you if you allow it. And that's actually the key. What's been your experience with the UFC? I was introduced to Dana White. He wound up jumping in his private jet and Dana White shows up at Harry's front door and we treated Dana. We've treated a lot of amazing people, really. I was very ill with Lyme disease and, and mold and extremely sick to the point where I thought I was going to die. You know, I call it my pain to purpose, overcoming it and then being able to help others that are challenged in the same way has been really empowering for me. That's Dr. John Lawrence, and this is episode 489 of the Wellness and Wisdom podcast. Wellness and Wisdom, where we explore the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. This podcast is brought to you by my friend John Lawrence and MitoZen.com Scientific. This is the Zen Vertical Spray plus Zen Extra Strength with Oxytocin. I love this spray. If you head over to joshtrent.com forward slash MitoZen, M-I-T-O-Z-E-N, joshtrent.com forward slash MitoZen, you will get a 10% off coupon for this spray. Now, why is this spray so important? If you're a breathwork practitioner, if you enjoy meditation, if you have trouble calming down, this is an immediate and I snap my fingers, an immediate response to your nervous system through the vagus nerve, all the way into the sinuses, down the back of the cranium, into your enteric nervous system. This is going to make you feel well. I promise you, I've been using this spray for almost two years now. It's got hape, oxytocin. It really just takes your sympathetic nervous system and turns the volume down so you can breathe easy. I've introduced this to hundreds and hundreds of people now. They all love it. It is powerful. It is bringing you peace. Get your Zen Extra Strength with Oxytocin. The coupon is automatically applied if you just go to that link, joshtrend.com forward slash mitozen. But if for some reason the code doesn't automatically apply, just type in Wellness Force. You get 10% off your entire order. Make sure you check out the Sandman bullets and all the other things from Dr. John Lawrence. Now let's get into the podcast. Dr. John Lawrence is my brother, my friend, and a powerful healer who's coming back for the second time on Wellness and Wisdom. But this is an extra special episode because we got to record this podcast in front of a live audience. It was my first time doing that. It felt really fun, actually. There was 40 people watching at the Runga event. Shout out to Joseph Anu here in Austin, Texas. But if you watch this on YouTube, you'll feel and see the energy is different. When there's an audience that we record a live podcast with, their energy is really fun to play back and forth with, like a tennis match. And John and myself had such an incredible time, but really what came from this was an emotional intelligence conversation that I was not expecting. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Wellness Plus Sign Wisdom, Wellness and Wisdom on YouTube, or you can just type in Josh Trent. So I want to ask you, have you ever dealt with TMJ or sinus issues or chronic headaches or anything at all from the neck up? 
If so, this episode is a must listen and a must share for you. We're talking about functional cranial release treatment, as well as the psychosomatic transformation, a process that happens when you start to open up the sinuses properly and the energetic release that happens for the rest of the nervous system. John has been in private practice for almost 30 years. He's a naturopath and chiropractic neurologist with advanced rejuvenation, a multidisciplinary clinic that focuses on alternative and regenerative medicine, as well as so many other alternative services to treat mold and Lyme and many other neurological conditions. John's treatments have proven very successful for treating many chronic neurological and chronic infection conditions. But here's the kicker. John believes that toxins and infections are at the root of many conditions, including inner ear, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, autoimmune, and most degenerative neurologic conditions. This is one badass podcast. I know you're going to love it. Make sure you pick up a copy of John's book on Amazon, his brand new book called It's All in Your Head. Search for that on Amazon. Now let's drop in with Dr. John Lawrence live at the Runga event with the audience having fun here in Austin, Texas. A lot of what we talk about on wellness and wisdom is this pentagon that I've been building for myself. And I think we all build and it's the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial aspects of self. Um, no one has any challenges on any of those, right? Um, and I just find that the more that we can have conversations in the center of that, like really being honest with ourselves about, okay, which part of that pentagon of those five things is empty or which one needs the most attention because it tends to siphon energy or reserves from the other sides. And I feel like that's the case. Um, I'm a new dad. My son's 15 months old. Are there any parents? Okay. So, you know, like sleep deprivation is real. And when the physical body is challenged, it starts to make the mind uh, have some troubles and things like that. And so um, today we get to sit and really dive into all of those aspects with John. Maybe we won't talk too much about financial, I don't think, but definitely the emotional, physical, and the spiritual um, I've known John now for gosh, three years, maybe is it three years, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he's the founder of Mito Zen and he's an incredible wealth of knowledge. Y'all are going to get to really dive into his psyche today. And this is actually our first live podcast we've ever done. We were talking before this, this is really cool. Yeah, either one of us. So we get to all create this, this together. Mm. Um, and I was thinking too, just as a jumping off point, you know, so many of us came here because we are seeking this. <sighs> we just want to relax. We want to know what it's like to live and to be and to breathe in our body. And I thought about from a nervous system perspective, you know, I myself have had a lot of sinusitis issues, tinnitus, um, tons of antibiotics when I was growing up as a young boy in Southern California. And so maybe let's start there, John, the, the nervous system and how the nervous system really lives and breathes, for lack of a better term, in the nose. Why is this such a massive deal? We'll talk a little bit about John's book too. This is his new book. It just launched last week. Mm -hmm. Yep. So y'all get to pick this up. It's all in uh, your head. It's, it's all in your head. about endonasal cranial therapy, but, but let's, much more. Let's go there because as far as I'm concerned, uh, if we're breathing through our mouth and if we've cut out the nose then we're far more likely to have really a sympathetic driven nervous system. So Absolutely. let's, let's start the conversation right there. Okay. So there's this, uh, Dr. Weston price and a lot of people might've heard of him and he traveled the world and he noticed that Aborigines and people that lived off the land, um, 
they had wider skull structures. They wouldn't have to have their wisdom teeth removed. And they didn't have a lot of the diseases associated with um, industrial culture, uh, such as osteoporosis and degenerative neurologic disease and diabetes and autoimmune conditions. And so um, he, he noticed that the skull structure would collapse and that it was a result of the foods. And so Weston Price is considered the father of the raw food movement. And so Pottinger, so they have the Price Pottinger group in, um, in California. And so um, Pottinger came out and did a study, which is really interesting. I don't know if you've heard this before, but it was cat with cats. Pottinger's cats. Yeah. So they took one group of cats and they fed them uh, cooked meat and homogenized milk. And then they had the other group where it was, you know, raw milk and raw and raw meat and the cats with the uh, cooked and homogenized milk they had their facial bones collapsed in they started getting diabetes and osteoporosis and all the different diseases while the ones eating the raw food maintained uh, a, a level of health and vitality so my my understanding of his of his work is that it it ties into inflammation and so when we have inflammation, the canary in the coal mine is our nasal passage, right? Because you have a lot of blood vessels in there. And so there can be some swelling and it could be subtle. Like you may not even notice that there's a problem there, but it's subtle. And then with some people, it's not so subtle and there's a shift to become mouth breathers. And so when we're, we're breathing through our mouth, the, the maxillary bones collapse in and it crowds the teeth. So it's kind of like... It goes up like this, right? So the palate, the palate has a, um, a suture right in the middle of it. And so that palate just raises up and it crowds up the nasal passage and it narrows the, the palate where the teeth are. And so you start to get a lot of problems with like TMJ, um, different headache patterns. Um, a lot of um, neurological uh, conditions can be associated with this jamming of these cranial bones because what happens is you lose the ability to move cerebral spinal fluid around the, the brain and spinal cord which is like this liquid light you know it's like you're not only bringing in the groceries but you're taking out the garbage right so it's not only as important to bring in nutrients but it's also important to take out metabolic waste products which is like all the degenerative neurologic diseases there's like these proteins that accumulate like in alzheimer's there's beta amyloid Parkinson's, it's alpha-synuclein, you know, and traumatic brain injury, you know, tau protein. So these different proteins can normally be like cleansed and detoxed out of the brain. And actually the glymphatic system, which is like a pump, natural pumping action that happens with the, with the skull structure, is primarily activated through deep sleep. And that expression can be um, uh, affected negatively with these cranial bones being jammed, but it's not the bones as much as it's the connective tissue. So you have this layer that surrounds your brain and spinal cord called the dura mater. And in Latin, that means tough mother. So it's the mother because it's protecting your central nervous system. And there's some mothers that are overly protective, right? How many people here had overly protective mothers? Raise your hand. I bet there's people that there's want only to raise two. their hand that, let's be honest. So um, we, we want to release some of that, um, that, that, 
that constrictor and allow that expression of that cranial rhythm and that movement of the cerebral spinal fluid and it actually supports the pineal and that's why I, the chapter in the pineal for the pineal in this book is really something that you would not expect to see uh, in this book at all. One of the things I love about your work, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, was when the cells in the brain are not getting rid of the garbage, you're literally swimming in your own excrement from a brain standpoint, which was absolutely fascinating to me. I thought mm-hmm. about we ever wake up and we feel just incredibly tired, yet maybe there's 10 hours on the clock that we've slept. And you, somebody might look at their aura ring and they'd be like, oh my God, I'm stressing out. I didn't have any deep sleep. What are the core aspects from the structure of the nose and the structure of the cavity that could actually block somebody from having deep sleep? In other words, what's the hardware in there that's making someone sleep for 10 hours, but they're actually not getting any restoration and those cells are not being cleaned out. The garbage isn't being exited. Yeah. What's really happening there? Well, I always say, you know, you're either a swamp or a river. Right, And so swamp lends itself to infections. It lends itself to the accumulation of toxins. Um, and you also don't get um, nutrient delivery you know, when, when it's more swampy. So that all boils down to circulation. Circulation is everything. So if you're going to start to block circulation to the brain, you're going to have a lot of problems. And sleep is a very active process. It requires a lot of energy to actually, because it's like the body has to shift into and do sleep. It doesn't just happen to you. You know, you don't just relax into it. I mean, it's through the autonomic nervous system mostly. So it's a lot of automatic processes going on, but it's a rhythm. And one of the things that I find really interesting is how disconnected we are as a culture from the natural rhythms of, of the planet and the earth. And we live in these boxes. We're not getting light in our eyes. We, we wake up, we walk out of our house, and we have sunglasses on immediately. We, we wear the sunglasses while we drive to work. You know, and, and we're, we're not walking on the planet and getting that, 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 that magnet energy, right? And so um, there, those, those fluctuations are super, super important. And the sleep-wake suc- uh, um, fluctuation is one of the most important cycles for us to maintain health and vitality because just as important it is to be present and and focused and be able to get things done during the day because a lot of us use that as our benchmark of success don't we it's like how much we got done that day yeah right how productive am i i'm a good person i'm worthy i'm loved because i got all this all these things done but just as important as that is that rest and that calm, which is the, the parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic is going to get us going during the day and we're going to get things done. But the body needs to switch into a, a resting, a deep restful state. And there's got to be a balance between the two. And so one of the best ways to um, measure that is heart rate variability, right? And naturally, heart rate variability goes down quite a bit as we get older, and so when the heart beats, there's a variability because part of the heart is controlled by the sympathetic and part of the heartbeat is controlled by the parasympathetic. And so if they're both kind of chiming in on that, there's like slight variations to that heartbeat. But if you have a dominance of one of those aspects of the autonomic nervous system, then it's going to be more consistent, right? And so it's not something that happens very often where people have a dominant parasympathetic nervous system. People are just too zenned out and too calm. No, we're all activated. We're all too sympathetic. It's a sympathetic dominant you know, disease process. And so 
things that you can do to drastically turn that tide is uh, deep sleep, breath work, um, meditation, um, exercise, right? Or a hit from a DMT pen. Psychedelics, right? Well, I, it's, I see that as like a, um, um, an indirect way because we carry stressors and fears and a lot of these fears are based by based on thoughts that we we believe are true you know like the thought might be that i'm not good enough i'm not loved you know and what might be covering that up is that my father doesn't respect me or my mother doesn't care for me right or you know um i'm going to be late to this appointment and that they're going to be angry at me but underneath there's these different layers of these these fears that we all carry and so when you start to get into um, psychedelics or breath work or even um, this endonasal treatment that I do, you start to uh, have a, um, a down regulation of something called the default mode network with really, it's a fancy word, but just think about your sense of identity. And we talked about this earlier. Yeah. Thinking about like who we are, how we identify in the world. You know, what am I really Josh Trent? Am I really a podcaster? Are you really a healer? These are all constructs of the self, this indiv individuated point of consciousness, but we all come from the same place. Mm -hmm. We all come from this singularity. And so we're here to experience the duality of like pain and love and joy and agony and all these things. But the default mode network uh, has always been fascinating to me because I, I think about what turns it down. What does it mean to have an optimally functioning default mode network? We know it's the, the posterior cingulate, the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. Those are the three major structures of the default mode network. I mean, there's other structures too, but um, when I was building out the breathe program, I thought about that. I was like, okay, if breath work takes us to a calm state and we actually can get away from how we identify in the world and get away from the rumination of the past or the focus of anxiety on the future, or, you know, fear of us being able to perform, how does that actually work? You know, how do we, how do we be this loving present being that isn't so attached to the self so much? which leads to this default mode network with a super high PET scan. So how does that, how does that actually unfold in a healthy way? So, so the sense of identity can either serve you or it can be a positive or there could be a negative. There could be parts of it that are positive and parts of it that are negative. And did you just do Zen? <laughs> God bless okay, you. for y'all on Spotify right now, we just had somebody in the audience do John Spray, which is amazing. It's called Meditation Mist. Y'all need to check it out. JoshTrent.com forward slash MitoZen. Yes, that was a shameless plug. I love it. I love this stuff. It's so good. Okay, go Well, ahead. The, the new CBG version, oh, it, it, it's something we just I have not tried released. the CBG. Yeah. Well, we have. Okay. You're going to. All right. Yeah. After this. Um, Back to the present moment. Okay. Yeah. So, so the sense of identity, um, we, it's, it's, you know, we, when we we're talking earlier, we, we, it was really a beautiful conversation in preparation for coming and sharing with you guys. And this idea that the, the identity can be a prison, right. And that we're, 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 we're in like this confined, um, mind energy, where there's a focus on this idea that there's somebody John, right? And so, you know, John in the mind is like this very concrete point in, in time and space. And there's a belief that there's actually a John, but really in essence, 
John or the idea of John is an accumulation of experiences throughout my life, relationships, things that have been accomplished, the way people have reacted to me, the way I've reacted to other people. And it all builds this point and it doesn't even exist. It's completely like just a thought form. It's just made up bullshit, right? And so there's an observer of all of this that's who, who I truly am. And when we identify with the, that, that false self of John, then the ego really comes in like, oh, I did this, you know? And, 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 and I think that there's a lot of trapping in there that can lead to a lot of suffering where when one can start identifying with the true self, um, there can be a lot of beautiful bliss and you know, a lot of heartfelt um, relationships start to come from that uh, when, when the mind and the ego gets out of the way. And I think the best way that I've found to do that is actually to do something that makes me feel scared, that makes me vulnerable, like um, having the conversation with my partner where it makes us go, because <sighs> that's essentially all we're looking for. That's how we started this podcast, right? We're all looking for the deep breath. That's probably what brought y'all to Runga is how do I get this deep breath to be sustainable in my life when I go home? And I, and I think about for myself, like, yeah, breath work has been a huge, powerful lever, but this structure that you talked about when we started, I wonder how trauma plays into that. In other words, if somebody has trauma, um, capital T, lowercase t, that, that accumulates, do you feel from your work that that might actually change the structure of some of that cartilage? The mother, as you mentioned, yeah. have you seen that play out from trauma? Well, the, the emotions store in the mother and the dura mater, the connective tissue. If you look at Chinese medicine, acupuncture meridians move through connective tissue where it's most dense, right? And so the dura mater has 2,000 pounds per square inch of tensile strength. It's extreme. That's why they call it tough. It's very thick. It's the most dense connective tissue layer we have, and it's like right in the center of our being, right? And so um, when this releases, there's a lot of subconscious um, thought, thought forms, you know, mental, emotional thought forms that are subconscious that we don't even know exist, and so when that's released, then if it's met with the breath, because when we hold our breath, that's the veil, right? So you, you have trauma, you hold your breath, it's going to push it into the subconscious and it's just going to, it's going to be there and it's going to control you in a way that's probably not going to be positive and create suffering. But if we meet this and it comes up and we breathe it with a yes, like we're meeting life with a yes, I kind of been using that term, um, for the last few months because it's so beautiful. Rhonda Byrne, who wrote the book and did the movie The Secret, shared this with me. I've never heard of it. You meet What's life with a yes instead of a no, right? So basically, whatever comes up, you're not... So it's it's suffering is not what creates suffering. It's the avoidance of suffering that creates suffering. And so if we say yes to whatever sensation comes up, then... The, it's minimal suffering, if not any. Because I could see that playing out over time. I remember when I was growing up, um, we didn't know that I had a dairy, a lactose intolerance. And um, 
10, 15 years of antibiotics later, I had to have multiple sinus surgeries and laser cutouts in my nose. And it was very traumatic. But I remember, John, I remember when I was in high school and they took out the gauze from my nose. And for the first time in 18 years, I was a senior in high school, I could actually breathe. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm. I can't even tell you there was parts of my belly that felt like they activated for the first time. And I wonder if we look at the research too, or the data, so many people don't breathe out of their nose because from a construction level, Mm -hmm. they just straight up can't. And so in your clinic, I'm sure you see this a lot. What are some of the telltale signs? Obviously, if you can't breathe out of your nose, that's a pretty big one. But, But what are the other ways that that manifests in the body? What is the deleterious health aspects that come when somebody has partial blockage that they might not know about? In other words, they're breathing more only through their mouth. So the the nervous system being the master system, uh, meaning that you have a spillover into every cell in your body. Uh, so the healthier nervous system you have, really, you know, the more vitality globally that one's going to have. And so when you breathe through your nose, there's there's flora in your nasal passage that outgasses nitric oxide, which maintains you know blood circulation in the brain. So they found that when people mouth breathe, that there's a lot of like um, con- contraction that happens through the vasculature in the brain and you get a lot of hypoxia. Um, there's the respiratory cycle. There's a respiratory cycle and that respiratory cycle catches some nerves in the, in the sinus and the nasal passage, the upper nasal passage. And this respiratory cycle paces something called um, limbic oscillation. So that word limbic in neurology is it refers to emotion. Like if you have a limbic response, like a spider comes out and you're like, ah, like that's a limbic response versus a spider comes out and you're just like, that's a non-limbic, right? So these limbic oscillations um, are really, really important because they they either synchronize or asynchronize a whole wealth of um, pathways in the brainstem that keep us healthy and vital. And when you don't have that, it shuts it all down. And so a lot of people might find they have a lot of anxiety. Um, there can be a lot of neurological um, confusion that happens with the, with the brain. And that's why when we do some of the work, even just doing regular nasal, deep nasal breath work, people have the same experience. But when I do this, um, this treatment called functional cranial release, it's, a, it's an endonasal and it's, and it's expansive uh, manipulation. So with a balloon that goes in the nose, there's testing that I do where I determine where exactly the balloon goes because there's like six different placements. So it's a really specific kind of release. And then the body's positioned in a certain way. And then oftentimes we'll introduce some, some intention and I'll have like a, a guided meditation that I'll do individually for that individual. And, and we, we, we call that more of like bliss release, you know? So it's, it's a different um, upgrade to like just the standard functional cranial release. And so after that, the, it, it drops the default mode network just like psychedelics do. So when you experience this balloon inflation, there's this, this like very calm sensation that people will, will uh, experience. And so there's kind of a window for people to have emotions that will come up and being able to be objective and more empathetic towards those emotions. So there's a lot of utility with it for not just treating the brain and neurological conditions, uh, but also um, with mental, emotional and spiritual applications. 
if we look at the work of a lot of different practitioners in the space, one of them is MAPS and, and the MAPS, y'all have heard about MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Sciences. They are at Burning Man and they have these safe places where people go when they're having, quote, a bad trip. And look, I'm not here to tell y'all that you should or should not do psychedelics. That's your own journey. That's your own research. But I will say that there is something pretty cosmic and pretty radical about the healing that happens when people are supported in a loving way. Have you combined, have you done any synergy stacking with potentially the, the nasal opening with the balloons and psychedelic therapy? Maybe you can't even talk about that. Maybe that's something like behind the scenes only. But to me, that would be incredible. If somebody could breathe for the first time, and they could sense things in outer realms that they haven't been connected to in a long time. What is possible in that space? What kind of healing well, is possible that, in that, that space? Remember that thing I gave you before we inflated you last time? What was and it? I didn't tell you what it was. What was it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's why I felt so good for three days. <laughs> yeah, it was it. Iboga. It's, it's not a placebo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do ketamine in our clinic. And, wow. and so we, we have a plate around. Generally, you don't really need to, but there is... Um, and and I do uh, facilitate with um, usually it's it's with another group and I'll I'll come as a guest and there's been numerous times where I've introduced the endonasal while someone was actually in the middle of a journey but it has to be someone that has um, has had the balloons before like I, I don't yeah. feel like yeah although there has been like one or two times where it was the first time for that for a person but it, it across the board. The, the feedback I get is that that was the most profound experience I had. It, was, it, 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 it allowed some people to really break through some major, major issues. A lot of the work you're doing now, which I see on Instagram, is with UFC. There's one of the fighters, Juliana Pena. Mm -hmm. What did you do with her? And you've also worked with some other people at the UFC, which I think is fascinating. Like, Think about the nasal work that's needed in UFC. They're just beating the crap out of each other all the time. Yeah. So I'm sure there's lots of this work needed in the UFC. How do you see that playing out? What's been your experience with the UFC? Well, they, they get a lot of um, face trauma. So I was introduced to Dana White by um Ari Emanuel he he owns UFC and so he found me on Ben Greenfield and called me up and uh, we became friends and then I was out in LA and and he and I told him about the work I'm doing with the balloons and he was willing to ex, you know to ex, to experience it so I went over there treated him and his wife and um and next thing I know I never even knew who Dana White was I didn't really follow UFC and so he does a um a three-way call, video call. And he's like, this is Dana White. And at, at the time, I have no idea. So Dana White, okay, right. And and so he, he asked me to go fly out there to treat him. And I was busy at the time. So um, he wound up jumping in his private jet. And um, Harry, who's sitting here front row, I, I stay with him at his house. So Dana White shows up at Harry's front door. And we went up and um, when I work with uh, with 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 um, a lot of these clients, Harry and I uh, combine forces, and Harry is a masterful facilitator in the sense of doing body work and also being able to recognize um, different patterns and being able to coach people through processes. And so um, we we were a beautiful team together that way. And so we treated Dana. We've treated a lot of uh, a lot of amazing people, really. Um, and so then Dana, uh, I was I was at a fight, and it was Juliana Pena and Amanda. Um, 
Nunez and it was in Dallas and I had flown in, Dana flew me in to treat him. And I watched this fight and it was just, it was the first fight phys- like in live that I've ever watched. And these two girls beat the crap out of each other. I mean, just bloody messes, right? All the way to the end. And then it was, they were calling the winner and Juliana lost the fight. So she lost her belt. And so a week later I get a text message from Juliana saying, Hey, this is Juliana Pena. And this is the girl that I just watched the fight with, she says, you know, Dana gave me your number and I want to, you know, I want to come see you for the balloons. So she came out for a week, you know, and, and she did the balloons and she was really, you know, it, it, it was, so they get, they get a lot of facial trauma and it affects their ability to breathe through their nose. And so what a gift to be able to re, to open that back up. Ugh. And if, if these fighters get nasal surgery, then every time they fight, their nose gets broken because it weakens the tissue so much. And that's the big thing that, that, that they have. A, so they brought the technique into the entire Performance Institute based on introducing this to Dana White and to some of the other fighters. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking about for all of us who don't fight in the UFC, uh, obviously we can come to the clinic and it's in Sarasota. Yes. yes. Okay. So are there, are there plans to bring this therapy to other parts of the United States, because I'm sure there's only so many people you can have in the center at once. So mm-hmm. what does that look like for teaching practitioners? It's a very nuanced process. I mean, if you make that balloon too big, you're going to probably mess up someone's face much more than the UFC. So there's a there's a very sacred process in how you teach practitioners. Um, what does that look like for the future? I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I am. I love what I do. I love giving this wellness and wisdom to you. And I want to ask for your support. You know, this show is brought to you by us, Wellness Force Media, by me over the past seven plus years. And the way that this show breathes and lives is by your support. So I want to hook you up and I want to have reciprocity so we can enjoy the day, the month, and the year ahead. All you have to do is buy the products you're already buying on Amazon or on the interwebs or whatever. But here's the kicker. You get to save 40% off many different products up to 40% off, 10%, 20%, 30%, and more. Just go to joshtrent.com forward slash store. I don't care if you're looking for green juice or adaptogens or things for your home, your body, your skin, your metabolism, literally anything at all that you need for your wellness pentagon, your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial self to be nourished is right there for you at joshtrend.com forward slash store. Not only will you get stuff way cheaper, which helps you and your family, but your purchases also help support this podcast so I can keep bringing it to you and enjoying it. So head over to joshtrend.com forward slash store and get the products you're already purchasing just for a lot cheaper and you get to support the show. Isn't that a cool win-win? All right, let's get back to the show. There's a very sacred process in how you teach practitioners. Um, what does that look like for the future? Well, we're, uh, we, we, had to can't, we had a training coming up in a couple of weeks because of the hurricane. We, it screwed everything up. So we had to um, postpone that, but we're, we're, you know, it's definitely something I'm very passionate about is, um, is teaching other clinicians how to use this. I have a lot of biological dentists that are super interested in it to, to date. There's been very little medical professionals that have really gotten into it and primarily naturopaths and chiropractors. Why do you think that is? Why has there been either a resistance or a not knowingness? Well, um, the the primary people teaching it have not wanted to share it with the medical um, and there's a fear 
that it'll be taken from us from the chiropractors and it, it would be rebranding as their own. And so I kind of was like, you know, that doesn't sound like that's like, could that really happen? And the, the fellow who's probably the biggest trainer, he won't take any, anything except a chiropractor to teach them. Right. And he, he was giving me this feedback and, and, and I said, well, give me an example. And so, um, x-ray back like a hundred years ago or whatever, the, the first x-ray, um, BJ Palmer, who was the guy that like really put, he was the, his dad invented chiropractic and then BJ really developed it. And he's considered like the father of chiropractic. And he, he flew him out and it was at BJ's clinic was the very first x-rays ever taken. Right. And this is chiropractic, but now there's States where chiropractors can't even take x-rays. So I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe there is a risk there, right? By introducing it to like the AMA and Western medicine, it could potentially be proven to not work because it might go against some other modalities that include pill taking or traditional aspects of care. Well, well, how about this? They, they invent a device and patent it. And yeah. then, then the attorneys are going after anybody that's doing anything because it's infringing on the patent, right? Yeah. And I'm not here to, to go against Western medicine. Like if I break my leg or if I need medical care, like that's, there's a valid place for that. Yeah. But I think what you, what I've known about you ever since I met you and, and, and even the work you've done with me has been something I could never get in a doctor's office, a quote doctor's office. And it's made a profound impact. I mean, last Runga, I was here, we were right there and John obviously through our, our care relationship together gave me some treatment and I had an emotional release. I mean, I was crying. It was like, I was like, Oh my God, this is inner child coming out to like get some healing right here in the middle of Runga. Yup. And so it may, it may happen to y'all. It doesn't have to be through a balloon, but what, what exactly are people afraid of when it comes to standardizing this? Or I, I understand the legal aspect you mentioned where it might be proven to fight against someone's patent and whatnot. But what, what are people actually afraid of at the core of it? What's the fear of introducing this type of treatment to the masses? I don't have any fear, personally. I know you don't. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's why I wrote the book. Like, yeah. I think it's ready. It's ready to get Let's out go. there. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so this is the book. And basically, this is going to explore functional cranial release. The skull is very interesting. People don't realize that it has moving parts. People think of the skull as having just a, a standard bone structure. Um, there are some people that can like move their scalp. I'm sure y'all have seen this where you can move your hair back and forth. What is that? Is there a test that we can do like a fun test or an interesting test to see if the skull is actually moving in an appropriate way on our own? Mm. Is there a test for that? Well, one thing that you can do is you can put your fingers over your um, jawbone and okay. then open and close. And if you feel the bone kind of pop out, then what's happening is that with the mouth closed, the, the jawbone is like forced into a more narrow, constricted. Do you feel that? And when you say pop out, do you mean like an audible sound or a click? Well, it, it widens. Like it kind of. See it go like this? Yeah. Do you guys, anybody feel that? Raise your hands. Yeah. So that's a, that's a jawbone that's going into a more narrow skull structure. I think about most people in traffic, we tend to grit our teeth or um, just in stress in general. Mm -hmm. How does that play into 
the structure of the bones of the nose and the mother and the constant tension of the jaw. I remember I was a personal trainer for 10 years and I had a client who um, came in and he was wearing braces one day. And I'm like, you're 56 years old. Like, why are you wearing braces? And he said, oh, I grip my teeth so much that I have to wear braces now. Mm -hmm. It was because of stress. So I'm curious when we have this clenching of the teeth for so long, for decades even, would that impact the structure of the nose and then be deleterious to our breathing? Absolutely. The, the musculature around the face and cranium can, can tug at. So think about your teeth. Uh, and where the teeth fit into the to the jaw and 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 to the the skull, you know, the upper and the lower, and the fact that we can take braces and with the, like a, a light pressure over time, that teeth that tooth moves. So you have to think about that tooth in the bone. There's bone that's going to reabsorb, and then there's bone that's going to absorb as that tooth moves. Right, the same exact. Uh, um, the sutures where all the bones come together, it's the same tissue. It's basically lined with all these stem cells. And so um, that's why you can, your skull structure can completely change either to the negative or the positive. I, you know, another, um, another test uh, that came up after you had asked me is there's, um, there's a, if you breathe through your nose and then you move your head all the way, you like turn your head all the way to the right then turn your head all the way to the left and notice if it's different is it more restricted one way or the other and then take your head and like laterally flex it and then you can bend your head forward and then all the way back so for me, when I bend my head back, that for all of them, it seems like there's less, it's a little bit more restricted. And so that's the dura because those connections are in through the nasal passage. It's actually, it becomes the whites of your eyes. It winds into your ears, goes all the way down your spinal cord. So it's like this, this dura pervasive mother that's just there. And when you have restrictions, it's like your shirt. You know, if I have a restriction here, it can affect all the way to here. Right. And so that's why these different head positions can can have an effect on the dura and you can appreciate those adhesions by that that breath challenge. One of the rebrands I saw you do as a out of box dot com, which I think is really cool because we're definitely not in a box here, at Runga. And you talk about vitality of the body, identity with self and the creator and also divinity. I wonder how you define the creator. You know, many of us have a wounding around the word God. I was raised in a very strict Christian upbringing. And so I had to find my own path to God. I had to find my own path to emotional intelligence. I had to find my own path to myself. Um, with the patients you've worked with and everything that's led you to here, how do you define creator? How do you define God? What does that look like for you? Hmm. That's a really, really deep and good question. How we got time? Well... I think that uh, when when we spoke earlier about this observer, right, and it's this this aspect of ourself that's pure consciousness, and there the, for me, there's an idea of this like of this vertical moment, right? That the, like the just straight up now moment that everything emanates from, because there's no past or future. The mind creates that, and when you're when you're in the mind, um, the mind can never be in the present moment. It, it has to be in the future, the past. 
Otherwise, it, it doesn't exist, right? And so when one is completely in that moment and relaxed into that moment, then I believe that that is the place to experience the divine, yeah? And there's medicines um, that can accentuate that. Um, probably the biggest teacher for me within medicines was um, uh, a medicine called 5-MAO, have you, have you? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I hinted towards it earlier with the hit from the DMT pen. And, you know, look, I don't want to wax poetic on that. It's a very serious, sacred thing. Yeah. So it was a joke that I made. But when, when people go to these places, there is an incredible amount of care and of safety and of yeah. sacredness oh, that's needed. for sure. Especially with something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what, what my experience was is that um, I inhaled this substance and there was a complete death of the ego. So the identity and John was just like, I could feel it like going away. And for me, it was, there was terror, right? Because I was, I felt like I was, I literally thought I was dying and John was gone. And so there was just this death of the identity. And what was left was just this incredible, blissful love, oneness. Uh, I mean, it finally, like at that one point in that one moment, I, I understood what all of the religions were talking about. And, and so I, I believe that um, this, this idea of the vitality of the body supporting us, the, this identity conversation that we're touching on, and then this idea of a direct experience of God or the divine, um, being able to catch all of those things allows us to become um, the best version of 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 this life you know to take advantage and just accomplish um it's really not accomplishing it's the absence of needing to accomplish right it's like mm -hmm. it's so incredibly simple because it's like nothing you're not doing anything you're relaxing into and trusting everything to just flow right because we get so caught up sometimes where we feel like you have to like manipulate everything in order for, or otherwise it won't be this or it won't be that and just completely trusting and being in the moment is so profound and and if we can just experience that even just like for a moment you know every day with a breath work or a meditation and eventually allow that to be greater and greater and there's literally people that can stay in that place all the time um, harry and i have spent time with people like that before and if you're blessed to have cross paths with someone that's like completely enlightened, um, you get it and you, you know, it's inspirational. And one of my mentors, Paul check, I don't know if anybody here's heard of Paul checks work, but he said that I think it's 0.001% of all people on earth ever have true enlightenment. So when you come across someone that has true enlightenment, it can fundamentally change your life just by being in their presence, just by being in their realm. Well, they become a node, right? So that yes. node is is in training. So just like two women that are living together, one will start to ovulate, right? And so there's one that's going to have a stronger, you know, influence that's going to entrain the other one into the, her pattern, right? So um, they become this node, and you, you know, it's like a it's like a flame. Like you could have a candle that lights another candle. It doesn't take anything away from that other candle. Right. And then it can light another one and another one and another one. And that's how these, you know, these, these enlightened beings operate. 
And I think about the analogy of a candle, there has to be a spark and a flame first. So, you know, we're here at this beautiful event and I've gotten the experience with you last earlier this year to be here already. And I just felt for me personally, and I saw with everyone that was here last time, there can be a fundamental shift in you if you allow it. And that's actually the key. I know we hear that phrase a lot in spirituality and just in media, you know, how do I allow or I'm, I'm allowing right now, but to actually allow, there's an ingredient list there. You know, if love was a light switch, we would just flick it and we would all love ourselves and we would love everyone. But it's not that simple. You know, I think it's easy, but it's not that simple. How do you see this with yourself, with your patients, with your work playing out this um, understanding of how to actually allow in your life? Well, again, it's just a deep, deep relaxation, you know, and, and just a deep trust in who you are and identifying with the self and and the self that needs to have certain sets of circumstances to be validated, um, that that presents a tremendous amount of stress, right? And the opposite of that is a deep trust and relaxation, and and just a complete connection with the moment. And that process is not a process. It's not. You don't have to do anything for it. I mean, some people um, require set circumstances to get there but that actual that actual process is so simple it's 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 like it's complex it's so simple right it's just like it's nothing it's just a deep relaxation i think we're we're all going to touch what you're saying and the allowing a lot over the next two days two and a half days if there was an anchor that we could attach to or if there was something that could support us or be almost like an emotional or spiritual scaffolding for us Mm to take in the sound bath, to take in the meditation, to take in the nourishment of just Mm. being with one another, connecting with one another, being fucking real with Uh each other. What would that be? Is it just vulnerability? Is it curiosity? Is there something else for the recipe of, of the scaffolding? Wow. That's another really good question. All right. Well, I would offer a question that you could present in your mind. And that question would be, what am I? Not who am I, but what am I? And feel into that in a relaxed relaxed state. And then the next thought would be, so there's going to be a thought that comes up. And then the next thought would be, where did that thought come from? And then loop back into what am I? Where did that thought come from? What am I? And this was a teaching from Lester Levinson, um, and this is someone that had a, the the whole book the, or the movie The Matrix was based on Lester Levinson, and he's very little known. But he he there's some books if you can get a hold of his books, they're they're very hard to find, extremely profound. And this is one of his teachings. The Matrix. If y'all haven't seen The Matrix, you need to see it. Raise your hand if you've seen The Matrix. Okay, so it's like 99% of the people. The best scene in that movie is when finally at the end, Neo just raised his hand and he didn't do it violently. He didn't do it where it was like, fuck you, get away from me. He literally just calmly said no. And I think that is like, I mean, it gets me emotional just thinking about it. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many things that happen for us in life where we can literally just take a breath and just say no to something. But we have to be able to recognize what thought form keeps looping that makes us say yes. Like, what is that? Is it a partner? Is it a job? Like, is it a trauma that needs to be let go of? Like, there's so many things that, that add to 
really the, dis- the disintegration of our boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think if anything, I'll just plant a seed in everyone's garden today. Like all the healing things that you go through, just make sure that you're being mindful of all the things that you say yes to that they're really not a yes. There are no somewhere inside of your soul, but there's a, uh, there's a compliance to that for, for reasons that are yet to be explored. And so I think when I look at the way that we start with the physical and then we go on in your model, there's three sides, there's vitality, identity, and divinity, the vitality aspect, you know, we're all here to eat well and move well and feel well. Um, how has that shifted for you? How has it shifted for you to be a vital being, you know, as you mature in life? I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying, you know, as you mature. Well, uh, for those that have, you know, listened to uh, some of the podcasts that I've been on, you know, I'm very open with the fact that I had, I was very ill with Lyme disease and, and mold and, yeah. and, and extremely sick to the point where I thought I was going to die for many, many years. You know, it was over a decade of just being like, you know, completely brought to your knees. And, um, you know, I call it my pain to purpose. Right, because there was a um, there's a real connection with the frailty of life, you know, for me, and and that fear, and you know, overcoming it, and then being able to help others, you know, that are that are challenged in the same way has been really empowering for me. And what I've learned through that process has been um, a catalyst for me to turn back the clock on my body. Like I literally probably look ten years younger than I did say five years ago. How old are you? 52. Awesome. 52 is truly the new 40 and 40 is the new 30. If we love ourselves, if we take care of ourselves. And I think about your journey, I I believe you even had COVID a couple times, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've helped a lot of people that have had that. So these, these illnesses, these diseases, they come around and I, I don't always think that we attract them. You know, I, I know your friends and you've done some work with Rhonda from The Secret, but I just feel like the law of attraction works to a point. And I don't always believe that we attract the exact illness that is going to make us grow. Sometimes I think just hard things happen and we make meaning from those hard things. We create a meaning that we are strong. Uh, what meaning did you pull from when you had the Lyme and when you were going through all the health issues? that we could learn from? It's hard for me to answer that question directly. Uh, but when we're faced with darkness, like, like you really, like for me, it's always been a springboard for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that when the chips are down, I'm like, really, I'm there. I'm like ready to go. Like, let's fucking go. Right. So, you know, very tenacious. And so it's, for me, it was just a catalyst to just, turn things around. It's just, yeah. the, it's the meaning that you created. Yeah. And I think that's goes back to what you talked about with the thoughts and how do we just actually allow ourselves what meaning or be mindful of what meaning that we're putting on things mm-hmm. where, you know, my partner and I, we have a young baby and when we're sleep deprived, let's be honest, I put the wrong meaning on things when I'm not sleeping well <laughs> and, <laughs> and she might do the same thing. So it's just this constant moving target, this evolution of ourselves that um, has all led us here. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. It's all perfect. Do you have any parting guidance as we wind down the podcast here about what really matters when it comes to the vitality, the identity, the divinity that we haven't covered? 
Well, you know, there's one aspect that we didn't really dive into that I think is extremely important, and it's it's this aspect of forgiveness. And you know, I'd like to kind of leave you guys yeah. with this last this last thought as when when we forgive others or we forgive situations, it's not about letting them off the hook because these things happen and then we have a response within us and it's that response within us that's driven by a goal that we would have for a circumstance or an individual. In other words, there's a projection that happens commonly where we look at that object or that situation as the source of our suffering and that's not it at all. It's, it's the meaning that we have attached to that and it's the wound that we have within us that's touched by that that that's mirrored and if we could process it in a way where you realize that okay that i have a goal for my father to treat me with respect as an example because this is something i had worked on a lot then um when my father disrespects me and i and i i i bring that in like okay i'm going to collapse the need for my father to respect me and then i look at what's below that which is this sense that i'm not worthy or i'm not loved right? And then I connect with that and I forgive that. And in Aramaic, the word forgive is shabag, which means to remove, to literally remove that. So the idea that I'm not loved and I'm, I'm not worthy is total bullshit, right? I'm an infinite being, right? And, um, and I am love. So that, that would be the healing that all of you have available to you. And this is really the true um, depth of, of teaching within the identity component with outofboxdoc.com. It's an educational site. And we're going to be having some of our own, you know, kind of online education. We do um, health coaching. In fact, my health coach here, Tara, is her front row. And we have a, um, a space. A lot of you guys have already visited us. But come by. We have some giveaways and some products that we want to share with you. And uh, just appreciate everybody just, you know, being here and listening. Thank you. Yes. And I will piggyback on that beautiful comment that you just shared that in the Greek logos, if anybody studied Greek mythology, there's this river of forgetfulness that we all drink from. And we do it on purpose. We literally drink from a river to forget how loved we are. We forget how special we are. We forget how blessed we are. And then I think we spend the rest of our lives remembering that. And so that's my wish for me and for you and for all of us is over the next two and a half days and, and take that to the rest of your life. How can we remember how loved we are, how supported we are, and how on the right path that we truly are? And it's not just an esoteric babble. I mean, really, like that's the challenge, right? That's the, that's the work is to take what you get and what you receive from this wisdom from all the different people here today and from John on this podcast. And, and how do you take it home? How do you embody it? Because in the arc of wellness, you know, we gather, we sit here, we listen to podcasts, we, we read together, we, we hear, we listen, then we have to apply. And at the end of the road, we're, we're all just looking for embodiment. We just want to have it live and breathe in ourselves. So John, it's been a pleasure. I've really Thank enjoyed you, this podcast. This is our yeah. first live podcast. Yeah. Um, Y'all check out John's other two episodes. We did a quadcast um, with Luke Story and Cal Callahan. And then we also did a pretty pretty big deep dive into some of the other Mitozone products and, and things. And I'll, I'll link that for y'all. There's going to be some cards in your gift bag. And also you can feel free to scan right there. You can win 150 bucks in prizes every month if you just want to 
subscribe to the podcast and get more wisdom from people like John. So John, from my heart to yours, man, thank you for being here. And the final question I always ask on every show is wellness. We all want it. It seems like it's fleeting at times and in the middle of our physical, emotional, spiritual, emotional, and financial, there's this beautiful homeostasis. There's this balance point that we all crave, that we all know is possible. How does that look for you now? How do you live your life well? What is your definition of well-being? Well, I think we've covered it in our, in right, our conversation <laughs> quite, quite deeply, right? He's just going to drop the mic the, right now. The relaxation into, um, into the moment. And, and one of the things I'm working on a lot right now is just trusting because I have this, this um, past where I would, you know, want to be controlling everything, you know, and it's like at the clinic, you know, it's, it's like important shit, you know, you got people coming in and it's like sometimes life or death, you know, and so this idea that things have to be perfect and in order and making sure. And so um, this has kind of carried on to my life and I'm, wor- I'm working on just being in the moment and trusting that everything's going to be fine and not having to always micromanage and manipulate and control everything. Love you, brother. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you all for being here. This podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Organifi, the creators of the Organifi Gold, my number one turmeric lemon balm and superfood adaptogen bombshell that, trust me, will make you sleep like a baby. I know this because I use it on the regular. Not only is this one of my top sleep supplements I use personally, but also it helps my nervous system and my stomach calm down at the end of the day in the evenings, especially if I've had a stressful day. I know you have those too because you're human. (laughs) And because we're human, the best thing to do is take loving care of the human body, starting with quality sleep, not just quantity. This is gonna allow you to have the highest quality of life possible. So if you've been struggling with sleep, give this superfood adaptogen powder, the Organifi Gold, a test drive for a special deal over at wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. Pick up a 30-day supply, give it a test drive. If you don't like it, you can send it back, but no one's ever done that, (laughs) as far as I've heard. 20% off is the biggest discount you'll find over the entire internet. We're grandfathered in. These savings are for you. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi and use the code wellnessforce. Share this with your friends, your family, and anyone who wants to drink the gold and sleep well. There's a lot of talk in this world about gut health, but when it really comes to gut health, you don't always need supplements to make your internal world sparkly clean again. The majority of the time, you can heal and nourish your gut simply by using the right foods and eating the right nutrients. For me and my family, when it comes to gut health, we start with food, specifically healthy, sustainable animal foods that are pasture-raised, organically spiced, and naturally fermented, like the pasture-raised turkey sticks from our partners and friends at Paleo Valley. Now, the naturally occurring probiotics is what truly sets these turkey sticks apart. Also, they taste amazing, and they satiate me. They're GMO-free, they have delicious flavor. This beautiful satiating protein is digested with every bite, this cage-free, free-range, pasture-raised poultry. It's the equivalent of 100% grass-fed cows. You can feel good and pick up your multi-pack of these pasture-raised turkey sticks over at joshtrent.com com forward slash paleo valley make sure you use the code josh that's j-o-s-h to get 15 percent off your entire order make your gut happy and stop being hangry no more hangriness joshtrend.com forward slash paleo valley use code josh to save 15 percent off your entire order from my friends at paleo valley 
Thank you for being with us on the Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. Every link, resource, and wellness good you heard today can be found at your show notes page. Roll over to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast, and you just got an exceptional gift of wellness and wisdom. Don't let it go to waste. Don't be one of those people who hears a podcast, smiles, gets entertained, but puts down their phone and doesn't embody it doesn't use it. You can choose something different today. And I know you feel this to start a new journey. Head over to joshtrent.com forward slash M21 and get three free weeks of coaching from me to you directly in your inbox. Get your free morning 21 wellness guide, including your breathwork practice and guided journey from my heart to yours based on 20 years of my own experience. That's joshtrent.com forward slash M21. And if you're ready to dive deeper right now, join us in the wellness and wisdom community by enrolling in our Breathe Breath and Wellness program over at breathwork.io. At breathwork.io, this is a three-week journey where you're going to save $150,000 and months of travel to learn the best of the best breathing science and spirit to apply into your life to eradicate stress using your breath. The world's not getting any easier, but you can be stronger. Join me on this three-week guided journey, including binaural beats, guided breathwork meditations, proper posture and muscle training, so you can learn how to use your breath as your ally for the rest of your life. No matter what comes your way, if you can breathe, you can choose. Use code PODCAST25 over at breathwork.io to save 25% off your Breathe Breath and Wellness three-week guided program to work directly with me at breathwork.io. Use code PODCAST25 to save 25% off. I cannot wait to see you in the program.